Ash and say big sexy. No. No. Not even a little bit? No. Even for like 1998 standards, he's not sexy. Anybody in the NWO? Not off the top of my head. Bischoff? No. Bischoff is not sexy. <laughs> you call him Leather Daddy. That's not sexy. <laughs> He's Leather Daddy. Scott Steiner? No. Oh, no, no, no. I'm afraid if I, like, try to hug him, he'll pop. Welcome or welcome back to the Butts and Seats podcast. Episode five. We've got five episodes. And I don't know... If I've really enjoyed any of the shows this far. But we made it through five! I think this is the closest. This first Nitro is the closest I've gotten to enjoyment. And I fell asleep during the second one. So. Yeah, the very end. <laughs> yeah, but still. I'm your host, Nick, alongside Emily. Yellow. How are you doing today, Emily? I'm very tired. <laughs> Not really. Just, Good start. Really <laughs> say. I've been working a long day, but I'm excited to talk about this. Because we spent all last night you watching stop it. stop working early. No, like four, Isn't fifteen. That, that's, that's early. No, slightly. <laughs> that's normal day. I think I think it's a long day. Aha. Long day in content form, but no, like we spent all last night watching this. I'm excited to talk about it because we don't really talk when we're watching. So no, I don't we get, try, like we try to save it for this. I don't get your whole, um, I don't know your whole reaction to things. Yeah, you fell asleep, and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna stay up and watch Thunder, or just like parts of the Thunder." And I, I came into the bedroom and I was like, you don't need to watch Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> Good news. Don't need to watch Thunder tomorrow. I don't really have much before we get into it, so uh, let's go ahead and get into it. We got uh, five episodes of Nitro in between World War Three and Starcade, so we got we to gotta cram. Got to cram. So this uh, is going to cover two episodes. Yes, we're going two on this one, three on the next one, because I looked and there's more content in these two. That we need to cover than in the other ones. Oh, in all three combined? Yeah, I think it was it was close. Okay. But one of them's a Christmas episode. <laughs> and just, you know, it's a five-week build. They're not going to put their effort into all five weeks. So. Okay. We should watch the Christmas episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to watch bits of it. I looked ahead and there's only a little bit of Christmas stuff. It's not a ton. But, it, but tis the season. We watched the Miracle on 34th Street fight match between John Cena and Alberto Del Rio. Oh, and yeah. All the promos that went went along with it. Was that the car? Was that the Miracle on 34th Street fight? Yes. <laughs> Roberto Del Rio runs down Santa. Yeah. We, and the production assistant pushes a tree on him. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense the tree would fall. But after that, I tried to find more, you know, good Christmas stuff in wrestling. And there's not a lot of good Christmas stuff in wrestling. I'm not surprised. I'm assuming there's like a... A Christmas feast wrestling match in Jello with girls in bikinis. You know what I should have showed you is some matches with the Christmas creature. Oh no! Oh, is it like um Krampus? No, it's, if I recall correctly, it's like a big tree. Of course. Do you know who plays the big tree? Fucking Kevin Nash, probably. Kane. Oh my god! Who played fake Kevin Nash in WWE? <laughs> oh, Kane. <laughs> Kane was the Christmas creature. Hold on. I showed you Virgil last time. Let's see if I can get a live reaction to the Christmas creature. Oh, I forgot about Virgil. There are some things that I'm okay that I forget that you show me. Like, there's some things that just don't need to be stored in my brain. I already have too much useless information in my brain. Apparently, WWE made a toy out of it. Here is the photo of the toy. (laughs) The Christmas creature? 
Why does that not shock me at all that that's Kane? Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it doesn't look as bad as a toy because it's a toy. When you see it like a seven it's foot man wearing sad. it, it's just. Oh, he looks like he wanted to be Grinch for Halloween, but then his parents were like, you missed Halloween by two years. Make it Christmas. By two years? Yep, that's what I said. Because, <laughs> you know, Hall- October 31st, two years from now, will not be Halloween. No. <laughs> I meant what I said. I said what I meant. That's a different thing. That, that isn't the Grinch. Ah, shit. <laughs> so we start off the build to Starcade Woo! with the November 23rd, 1998 Nitro. I've I've started. I mean, I've made an effort to write who's on commentary, but it's kind of the same three guys, well, isn't it? Well, they just swap in Bobby. I think at, at like the second hour with Larry Zabisco, yeah. so it's like it's going to change from time to time. So it's Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, Zabisco, and Michael. What's his name? Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay. Who I always laughed because he was the like. One of the lead announcers for TNA, like TNA Wrestling. Tits and ass. But his name is spelled T-E-N-A-Y. I'm like, oh, he oh, is literally... Oh, that's funny. He is T- literally T-N-A. T-N-A. That's funny. I don't think they ever brought that up. I think that, that's just That's just ironic. Yeah. Not ironic. That's just a coincidence. So commentary's running down the show a little bit, and they say that they're not going to have an explanation about Hulk Hogan not being at World War Three. Instead, he will give his explanation... On the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. We actually have previously talked about this interview, um, he does, because that's the one where it's like, all right, are you Democrat or Republican? Right now, I'm right in the middle. Oh, and yeah. And even Leno's like, kind of a lame answer is that? Just a reminder for you that we did manage to miss Jay Leno's match. Darn. Yeah. What a shame. Who'd he fight? It was, I think it was him and DDP versus Hogan and Bischoff. That could be interesting. We could go back and find that. No? Okay. Never mind. <laughs> you really want to see Jay Leno, like, wrestle in the main event of a match? I like DDP. Yeah. I've never actually seen Eric Bischoff fight, so. You, well, you might at Starcade. Well, I know, but I haven't yet. Also, DDP sticks around basically until the end, so we'll see plenty of him. We don't need and to go back. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. We don't need to go backwards in time to see more DDP. Fair. So we go from commentary to backstage with Goldberg arriving and then a car with Kevin Nash and Conan arriving. Yeah, so it's not backstage. It's in the parking lot. Yeah, it's all relatively. I think like I liked the parking lot venue better than just being backstage. For some reason, it felt more authentic. Like that's something that could actually happen in the parking lot. Rather than like I'm standing stoically in the hallway and someone walks up to me like we both parked our cars at the same time. Oh, yeah, except they were, they were both getting out of the back of a car that was like dropping them off, so the cars weren't parking in the parking lot. I don't know. It felt more authentic. It also was just very quick because Nash says he's next, which yeah. is a I don't know if you are even aware of this Goldberg's thing is like who's next. Oh, he, I did not. Yeah, beat someone. That's like all right. Who's next? I did not know that. I'm going to beat everybody. I figured you Wait, so then why is Kevin Nash like, oh, I'm next? Because like, if the thing is like, who's Na- Goldberg going to beat next? Just, Nash is like, ooh, I'm next. Oh, oh, with the fucking voodoo fingers. Yeah, which is a Scott Hall thing, by the way. I hate it. Yeah, it's basically Nash not taking the main event of Starcade seriously. I'm so glad that he's, you know, fighting to be in it then. Yeah. And Great. Go- Goldberg quips back, next ain't a safe place to be. Ask your girlfriend. I don't get that. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
Sometimes I think you're just trying to sound cool and it doesn't totally work. It's like, ask your mom. <laughs> so I've honestly forgotten what we skipped and what we haven't. I think, I think we, at one point, we skipped Alex Luger and like Mike Enos match or something. <laughs> I don't know how they haven't done a My Penis joke with him yet. They probably have, but we're not watching we're not watching segments so. with Mike Enos. This is how things like World War Three happen, where I'm like, who the fuck is Glacier? <laughs> this is how... <laughs> Well, keep in mind, we've only been watching for, you know, a month, and their roster's so fucking huge Fair. that, you know, you're not going to see everybody. Except well, for at World War Three. Well, I mean, even at World War Three, there were plenty of guys who didn't wrestle, so it makes you wonder who else is under contract. I'm just saying, like, in the big Battle Royal match, like, yeah. who all showed up for those, for the World War Three match? So we we start off the main show with uh, Mean Gene interviewing Billy Kidman. So Kidman almost immediately brings out Rey Mysterio and offers him a shot of the belt. Yeah, it's a very respectful exchange. Yeah, Rey gives a real long form answer that I guess is a yes. He dances like around it, yeah. yeah. But the match happens, so. And Kidman goes to leave. And then Eddie Guerrero, and to quote Mean Gene, and this guy. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, and this guy. Well, same, because I, I, I was going to tell you who it was. I'm like, I don't even fucking know. Did you not even no. know? I was going to ask if you knew, but it was funnier that just, you shouldn't, you, you, you don't need to know. Mean Gene needs to know who these people are. It doesn't help that they don't really feel the need to differentiate a lot of people in the LWO. No. And... They're not really pushing any of them besides mm-hmm. Eddie. And yeah, like, and then like, Ray, if you want to count him in and there. And Hooventude now. Yeah, because Hoovy joined, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, two-thirds of those joined the LWO in the past three weeks. Fair. So. But anytime the LWO come out, it's just like a sea of masked luchadors. And I don't know who they are. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Like, I like luchadors. I think they're fun. Yeah. But I don't know who any of these people are, and they're all just wearing LWO shirts. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So that's that's all you are now. You're just a t-shirt. Like, yeah, and I don't even think I'm like skipping their matches. It's just like I, I think they're just not. They're just not fighting. Much. Yeah, although I don't know if it was here or later where like they really hammer home. It's like he's trying to unify the race. It's like, Ugh. oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Oh no. So. Eddie comes out and is like, I have this contract that you have to be in the LWO. I never get how these contracts work. Yeah. I, I've never understood this. Like, there was one with, um, in like 2011, John Cena had to like join the Nexus. Or it was 2010. Yeah, 2010. Um, but they made him join, join the Nexus. It's like, all right, I can fire you if, you know, if you act out. And it's like, okay. are, you, are you telling me WWE isn't going to rehire this guy? You're going to fire John Cena? Yeah. No. So Ray has to do what Eddie says, although didn't we establish last week that everyone's under contract to Eric Bischoff and not individual people because Barry Windham and Ric Flair? Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know, but... It's just like an internal faction, I guess. Yeah. I may not be your manager, but I'm your supervisor sort of role. I guess. It's dumb. I'm not even... I don't know why I'm trying to justify it. It's dumb. Yeah, Eddie kind of talks and says he's not happy, and he forces Ray to put on a 6XL LWO shirt, <laughs> to which I wrote, Ray looks cozy as fuck. <laughs> now that's a sleep shirt. Yeah, I was just saying, he put it on, and I'm like, is that Emily? <laughs> 
I just loved Mean Gene in this moment because he was like, in case you didn't notice, Ray, Eddie's embarrassing you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mean, mean Gene is so fucking on the nose and, like, stirs the pot. Mm-hmm. There's a... Um... There's a interview from one of the King of the Ring pay-per-views. It might be the first one they do where he like stirs the pot between Red Heart and Mr. Perfect and like gets them to be like, we basically have a, my dad, you could beat up your dad argument. And then it's like, gentlemen, please calm down. And it's like, all right, asshole. <laughs> my dad can beat your dad. My dad's cooler than yours. But yeah, it's like, near peak Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect arguing about whose dad could beat up who. <laughs> I don't, every week passes and I don't know how I feel about Mean Gene. I don't think I like him. No? No. I don't think that like, especially in this episode when he was instigating a lot of conversations or like mediating, I guess I should say. He's just not a good talker, I don't think. He doesn't know like how to be in a conversation he that is over, not directed at him. He overstates his his position. He overstays his welcome. Yeah. Like like certain guys that come in and just like hold the mic while guys are cutting promos. That's what I want me and Gene to be. But he's like, oh, what are you going to say to that, bro? I think it's also weird uh, because it's, it's in the ring. And it's like... He does it on the ramp, too. I mean... Yeah, but I, but I think it's usually weirder in the ring. It's like, you don't need to hold the mic like this whole time. Like, yeah. There's segments where it's like, just have two guys come down and talk. You don't need to... Yeah, why don't they have two mics? <laughs> I don't know. I think WCW has the budget at this point to have more than one microphone. Yeah, there's a... I forget what segment it is, but I think it's like a, I think it's a Bret Hart uh, DDP one in the next episode. But they have their thing, the point is stated, and then Mean Gene like, feels the need to like throw back the commentary or commercial and just like keeps going and i'm like dude just get out of the segment throw it be done (laughs) i don't know how long he's here for but i'm curious how the production changes when he's gone oh really so he does leave he might be under contract but not on screen okay i kind of i have a feeling i could be wrong about that but we'll see i think they're having him do too much definitely they need a second interviewer yes and they have plenty of guys yeah, I mean, it's not like he's the only guy that can do this. Yeah, bring out Tony the Tiger. <laughs> the other big pet peeve I have when it comes to, like, cutting promos is um, you showed me the uh, Breaking Through the Wall. The Shockmaster. The Shockmaster promo. And I think I'd seen it before, but you showed it to me again this a couple days ago. And all the guys before the Shockmaster comes out, they all have their back to the camera, and they're all screaming over each other. I hated it and it's not that's not an isolated incident either that happens especially the backs to the camera happens all the fucking time and it bothers me every time i don't know if that's just like the theater kid in me but like present out dude oh this fucking ass (laughs) but uh yeah that bothered me the whole time i was just staring at what's his face is back you're uh bulldogs oh was it bulldog okay like so that's pretty much the end of that that segment. Uh, the match is set up for later, and yeah. So yeah, sorry, awkward, back on track. <laughs> awkward, awkward end of the segment. Shocker. Yeah, because at this point too, um, Billy Kidman just kind of disappeared. Oh yeah, he he just like walked away, which that's in character for Kidman. Yeah. He just kind of bails when it's convenient for him. We continue with uh, non-match segments. 
that have awkward endings <laughs> with Kevin Nash, Conan, and Lex Luger come out. And I'm like, I don't, I honestly don't know if Nash actually looked more heelish or if it was just the bandana. You know, I didn't even notice the bandana. I wasn't thinking about the bandana. I think it's just the general attitude of Kevin not Nash. giving a fuck. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just trying to get very annoyed by just Kevin Nash's face. He used to be the one that I preferred between Kevin Nash and um, Scott Hall. But now I'm like, I don't want either of you anywhere near me. Yeah, and I think you just, it might be a safe assumption. I don't know. But you just keep assuming Scott Hall is drunk for everything. I do. And I think it was the next episode where I'm like, I think Kevin Nash is a little fucked up. Oh, yeah. In the next episode. Yeah. So they're cutting promos. No one, no one's saying anything no. of substance. Although Lex does say, I don't like finishing second. Which I think you took as a sex joke. Yeah. And I took. Isn't that the story of your career, though? What do you mean? Just finishing second, not being the top guy. That's true. <laughs> no, you don't like it, but that's who you are, bud. To me, it was like, oh, you don't like finishing second? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, fuck, you, fuck you, got mine. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't really seem like the kind of guy to be no, he, you know, he, a he, gentleman. He tries to pull a uh, Royal Rumble 94 and have them finish at the exact same time but see that only works every once in a while what point you said to me ask me if i think kevin nash is big sexy he is not big sexy he is in magic mike again i think i need to watch magic mike again because i think well maybe i don't because i think i'll just get upset but he's not cute i don't get it like he just kind of looks like your uncle that shows up at you know picnics drunk and he's got like a ponytail and a beer belly and i'm like what you're hot no and he power bombs you through through the seesaw <laughs> through the seesaw yeah yeah you have you have, one, you have one kid standing on one side that he power bombs you on the other side and vaults the other kid up oh my god and then randy orton's there and hits hits an rko on, on the second kid you know flying through the air what a picnic this is why i can't book wrestling <laughs> no this is why you're not welcome at uh at playgrounds Okay, that's not true. I'm kidding. <laughs> so back to the promo. They give the mic back to Kevin Nash after everybody does their little shtick. And I don't know who this line was directed at because it could be 40 different directions. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, I'm next. And I'm like, is that to Goldberg? Is that to the fans? Is that to the boys? It could be all of the <laughs> <Exactly>. above. <laughs> because at this time, he is like the showrunner, right? It's debated whether or not okay. he is booking or not. Um, some people say yes. He says no, but isn't that convenient? Yeah. There's also a weird jab from him saying, I don't call people wolf packaholics. Oh, yeah. Which you got, you you caught as a slight to Jericho. Yeah, because he calls this man Jericho-holics. I miss Also, it. everything with Jericho over like like this episode and the next episode... It does seem like they're suddenly burying Jericho a little bit, so. Well, they're definitely, like, giving him more heel heat. Or is it just, like, writing him off, kind of? I can't tell. Because, like, he came out for his segment later on. He's like, I don't hear you guys cheering for me anymore. You know. Yeah, I'm talking more like Scott Hall comes out and just, like, makes him look like a like like a chump later. Mm. And then we'll get to what happens in the next episode yeah. with him. But Nash closes it out by saying he's going to beat Goldberg. Woo. You really, really needed to come out and do all this for that. That's literally what this whole promo is. I am going to beat Goldberg. Sorry. Mm-hmm. 
And they didn't really plan what they were saying. Like, all three of them. I don't think they, like, got together. Like, I'm going to say this, and then you say this, and then you say this. It's just Well, Conan did his regular Spanglish kind of crowd call out stuff. But it just, it felt like they were saying a lot without saying anything. Yeah. And in case you didn't get enough uh, Kevin Nash, we go backstage and me and Gene is like, I'm ready to interview Kevin Nash. Like, he was Even though just he talking. Did, he just walked off the ring. However, he does actually raise a good point. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. I, would, I was ready to shit on the, pre- the premise of this. And then it's like, hey, we were all kind of hoping you'd say something about, you know, Scott Hall and your what the fuck's up with the two of you. Oh, fair. And Nash says that he doesn't trust Hall, and basically Hall's going to have to make the effort if they want to be friends again. Yeah. Which isn't what happens. <laughs> Not at all. Now that I'm thinking about it, oh my god, you're right. Wow. I didn't even think about that. So then Goldberg appears from behind, and he says he's not going to be attacking Nash from behind, and then Nash acts like a dickhead. I said he, like, pretends to pretend to be afraid. Yeah. And then also notes that Bill should cut down on the caffeine, which I think I don't both remember. of us puzzled I sh- I should have taken better notes, because there was one point where I think Goldberg made a comment about, like, running him down with a van or something, like, very casually talking about committing vehicular manslaughter. I mean, that's probably something the, the NWO has done to people before. Probably. So. But it was just very casual. I mean, we've, we've seen them do it with, like, The Rock, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Kevin Nash was like, Goldberg needs to cut down on the caffeine. I'm like, I don't know if that's a slight. Like, he's not jittery. He's not bugging out. I what? Will, I will <laughs> say, it does it does take the mystique out of Goldberg a little bit. I mean, anybody calls him Bill. Oh, I love calling him Bill. Or I think someone, someone calls him, like, like William at one point. <laughs> So, still no matches for us, because now we have Mean yeah. Gene interviewing the Giant in the ring. Yeah, we don't really watch a lot of matches. I'm I'm realizing this. Well, we have a couple. I mean, actually... In, well, the next one yeah, we watch, we yeah. We have a fair amount. I think in this one as well, because there also aren't a lot of matches of, like, note in this. True. Especially not in the first hour. But the Giant comes out, and Gene, Gene notes that Kevin Nash... Kind of led the charge to, like, eliminate the giant. Like, he was the one kind of, you know, being like, hey, let's eliminate that seven-foot dude. Mm. I'm just a lonely seven-foot dude who can't <laughs> eliminate him. Don't eliminate this seven-foot dude. Eliminate that seven-foot dude. So the giant has a killer line. He claims the wolf pack has chicken-itis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chicken-itis. So he challenges Goldberg tonight. And he's only doing it to wrestle Kevin Nash at Starcade. And I'm like, yeah, you're challenging the world champion, the undefeated world champion, because you want to wrestle another guy. It's like a that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they're really trying to make Nash seem like a big deal. And you're telling me that he's not booking this this match, these these matches. You're telling me that Kevin Nash is not running the show. Yeah. I think actually this is where I noted that like Gene just talks too much this is where i noted that he's getting a lot of screen time oh yeah that too but it's like giant issues the challenge and then like goes to walk away i'm like cool end of the segment and then gene talks for another like 45 Gene's seconds and i'm like something to say about everything i'm like just go to commercial you don't need to Mm-mm. throw to commercial every time they run out of time every episode but they let gene talk over his time every time <laughs> so next we finally get to a match and it is the first Rey Mysterio match, not counting World War Three, on the podcast. Woohoo! I love Rey Mysterio. He's the first wrestler that 
when Nick and I first started dating, and he gave me the infamous PowerPoint presentation of everything you need to know about wrestling. He showed me Rey Mysterio matches, and I was like, that's my guy. That's the one. What did you think of Rey's mask and tights? Um, this is the one where he, like, it had a real like pavement look. Like, it looked like you were like sc- scrape your knee on him. Oh, yeah. I didn't love it. I do prefer him without the bright blue contacts, though. Like in current day twenty twenty, he's he, got he does he does that the bright blue. I don't like I that. I think he does that just. I think he does different colors. I like his natural. Yeah, I, I think, like his natural beauty. Yeah, I think he at various points he will do different color contacts. I know like he'll do like white ones sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. It's this weird. is definitely before his like super comic esque um not, gear. Like it's not, not really. really. He he's done stuff before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, in this this match, it's really not comic. Oh no no no. This match is actually pretty similar to yeah. what he, um, that kind of like style gear when he first came back to WWE in like 2018. Okay. Yeah. But he comes out in his big 6XL shirt and he's just looking like a little kid. Like, I want to play. Yeah. And he comes out to the LWO theme, mm. which I noted sounds like Donkey Kong Country music. <laughs> Am I wrong? I need to listen to it again. Well, we don't hear that one as much, so I wasn't sure. Fair. It's not the NWO theme. Did we talk about you setting the NWO theme on our Alexa last episode? I think we said we were gonna, and then you got mad at me. So, last episode we may have talked about this, but Nick had this idea for a prank to, um, you know, on the the Amazon Alexa, you can set routines and, you know, non-sponsored, but go for it. Um, And you can, like, set a song to play at any time of day. I don't know if it's really a positive story for Amazon. So I think we're I mean, safe. It talks to how, you know, accurate the timing of it is and how easy it is to schedule things because Nick decided to schedule the NWO theme to play at 5.40 p.m. for some reason. It was going to be 5.30 and then I wanted to test it and I forgot to change the time back when I went to test it. <laughs> So I noticed at like 5.35 that I'm like, oh, shit, it didn't go off. So then I like set it for 5.40 because you, you got like suspicious because I <laughs> didn't play it off well. So the N- the NWO theme just plays randomly and I get angry and I'm like, get in the, get in the app, turn that off. Yeah, the I next day, <laughs> The next day he calls me and he had like gone out to get groceries or something and I'm sitting on the couch. And he calls me, and while we're on the phone... I'm, like, about to hang up. I was always so close to getting out clean. While we're on the phone, the fucking song starts playing again. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. You didn't take it off the Alexa! I thought about turning it on when I was at work. I would have killed you. The first time we realized that this was happening is that you wanted to set um, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You as like a morning alarm for when I'm getting ready for work in the morning. And you said it and then didn't realize that the next morning was a Saturday. So we were... I think I just forgot I said it. We were woken up at 8 a.m. to Mariah Carey in the living room just singing her little heart out. And we're freaking out in the bedroom just screaming, Alexa, Stop! Oh, yeah. Amazon sponsor us. Send yeah. us some uh, dots. We need some dots. Yeah. The Amazon Alexa has better audio than fucking, or at least audio mixing than WCW does. Because I, I don't know why the ring announcer is not patched into to the TV feed. It, this is a big gripe of yours. Well, it's also because if they're announcing it's a title match, which 
I think this is. Yes, this one is. Was it? This one is. There's one later that yes, we yes, that yes, we yes, find yes, out yes, yes. is like like 30 seconds before the finish. Yeah, because this one they they said in the promo before. I want a yeah. shot of the title. But okay. that's only by the promo before. But like, we can't hear any announcers, or we can't hear the ring announcer announcing anything. No, we don't hear. We don't hear him like saying, you know, Ray Mysterio. No, we don't we get any of hear... that. Yes. We'll see if that joke played when, when I listen back to it. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that could go either way, honestly. <laughs> but that's like that's something that you brought up before that we just cannot hear the ring announcer ever. Yeah, because I think originally I thought it was just other noise being played over, but here I'm like, okay, you are literally not. You're just patching it to the arena. You're not. Yeah, patching and whatever it in, gets yeah. picked up through the yeah. area mics, that's what goes. Yeah. Which are constantly being turned on and off, right? And who the fuck knows? There's, there's a lot of weird moments like that. But let's actually get into the match because when we start, it feels like Kidman's trying to like match Rey Mysterio in mm-hmm. terms of speed and moves, and I'm like, dude, this is like, you're not that you're not that fast. Like, change it up. And yeah, he just right, he does, but it's like early and, on, it's real kind of sloppy, and Kidman's trying to go too quick. Yeah, at the beginning, to me, it felt like too choreographed. Like they were like, here's a move, here's another move, and then another move, and there was no transition in between, so they were just kind of trying to hit the points. And then once they kind of got into the groove, it got really good. Yeah. Um, kind of the, the, one of those like first kind of spots for me that was like, okay, this is, you know, we're going to give him time. It's going to be good. Ray head scissors Kidman to the outside and then goes for another Hurricane Rana while he's out there. Kidman just like vaults and like face first into the apron. Yeah. It was good. Like they actually like once they warmed up and kind of got each other's groove. They were doing moves like even commentary was like, I don't think we've ever seen that before. Yeah, because at one point Ray like stands on like the stands in the middle rope, but like like the set like not in one of the corners, like the center part, just like stands there and hits like a diving famouser. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted them to replay that move because I wanted to see it again. Yeah, that, that that's production value. That's well. not good. I think you think you see it at the end. Oh, really? I'm trying to think. Do we see any replays during the matches? I don't think we did. Because, like, there were a couple of times where, like, oh, we need to see that again. Like, even the commentary, like, oh, I'd love to see that move again. And they never do. So, did you note Ray hitting a 619 on nobody? No. It, that's just a general, like, luchador move where you, like, you, you basically you use the ropes and, like, kind of spin like that to, to turn around. Mm. And I just laugh seeing him do that <laughs> after a kid being, like, Irish whips him into the ropes. And it's like, oh. nope, spin. And I'm like... There was someone there. That'd be a 6-1. Booyaka, booyaka. So Kidman counters a springboard attack from Ray with a midair dropkick. That was a nice... Yeah. One. There were some really cool moves in this. I, I I couldn't tell you what any of them were called. I said like there was a cool flippy twisty move. Don't know what that was. That's either when Kidman catches Ray for a diving moonsault from the second rope and then Ray... They tries to turn that into a sunset flip. Mm, maybe that was it. Yeah, it was something that flip like, and then like turns his own move into a tornado DDT. Yeah, Even the announcers are like, "Oh, that that was really cool." Yeah, I can't say I've seen him do that since. So I'm like, so oh. cool. maybe it was accidental or it hurt. <laughs> and Ray hits facebuster, and you know what Kidman didn't do? He didn't go for a power bomb. So Ray did the facebuster. Ray just did the facebuster. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this was the first match that we noted that Billy Kidman did not do his stupid facebuster. Yes, and I'm wondering if it's because Ray can't. Get him up for a powerbomb kind of thing. Mm, probably not. Or it would he look silly small. if Ray was going for a powerbomb. He is small. That's the thing. 
Kidman didn't do the move at all. It wasn't like Kidman did no. it. And it wasn't by a powerbomb. It was Kidman didn't do it because he couldn't get powerbombed. That's the only way he knows how to do it. Apparently. <laughs> oh, Billy. We, we, we say that Ray didn't go for powerbomb. Ray actually does hit a sunset flip powerbomb out of the corner. And Kidman hits... It's a, it's a corner bulldog, but I just know it as Stratisfaction. Tristratus is finishing oh. move. <laughs> See, that's what I noticed. I think he does it. Somebody else does it later as well. And I'm just like, that's Stratisfaction. Trish. My girl. I don't want to do a counter of how many, but it does feel like it happens in all of the Cruiserweight matches. It's like, they're, it's like a minimum of one superplex per match. Yeah, which, like, I don't know if that feels really, like, necessary because it's cruiserweight. Like, they have a bigger move set than just, like, a superplex. They can do fun stuff. That's why I like the cruiserweights. Like, they can do a lot of fun, flippy stuff. So Ray dies and Kidman catches him with, they call it a powerbomb, but it's really kind of more like a sit-out spinebuster kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't really a powerbomb. Yeah, it's kind of, like, to me, powerbomb, like, you need to have them either on the shoulders or, or like, do the flip kind of thing. But... Eddie then comes down and Kidman fights him off. Eddie and somebody else. And I didn't even see who oh, else it was. Oh, and Hoovy, dude. It was Hoovy, No, no, no. Well, Eddie comes down originally with just somebody. And then Hoovy appears out of nowhere. Oh. Because I thought it was just Eddie and Hooventude that came down. Yeah. Either way, Hoovy sneaks in yeah. and, and hits a Hoovy driver on Ray. Because, of course, the LWO is going to interfere in this match. Yeah. Kidman hits a shooting star press on Ray. But the announcers note that he, like, didn't see the interference. So he's not, like, he's not blatantly trying to cheat. And... He retains, and I think they literally held on for about seven seconds and then went to commercial. Oh, yeah. You ready for some more Mean Gene? Mean Woo Bye Guy Gene? Well, we do get flair in this, but it's not a... Uh... Mean Gene! It's that kind of flair. I think that's later. I think this one is Is that next episode, maybe? Because yeah. we get Mean Gene interviewing uh-huh, Eric yes. Bischoff. <laughs> this. And we had a debate whether or not Eric Bischoff looked like Mark Ruffalo or, or Mark Wahlberg. I swear he looks like Mark Wahlberg. Especially I, in the leather jacket. I think he looks like 90s, early 2000s Mark Ruffalo. Because you were looking up like young Mark Ruffalo. Like, when you he's told like a teenager. me to Google young Mark Ruffalo. No, don't you to Google Mark Ruffalo. I didn't say young. Yes, you did. I just said not current one. You said younger Mark Ruffalo. Younger, not young. So young. No, I, I don't need him when he's 10. Oh my God, okay. Eric Bischoff says that they're going to settle this tonight. Sure you are. No, they're not. It's not like there's a big pay for you coming up or anything. Could never. Bischoff says he runs the company, for better or worse. Yeah, there's a lot of for better or worse happening this week. Like, are they are they aware that they're putting on a bad product? And they're like, deal with it. This is what you get. I don't know. <laughs> but he says Scott Hall learned, learned this the hard way. He then calls out Ric Flair to settle things. Flair comes out to his 2001 the Space Odyssey mm-hmm. music. Comes out looking like he walked into the ring from a parent-teacher conference. He's in, like, khakis and a button-down. Yeah, I, like... guess, I guess it is kind of strange that he's not coming down in the, uh, you know, $10,000 suit, the mm. Gucci shoes, the Rolex. Yeah, it is kind of strange he's not wearing, like, the big robe. But I guess that's later. Well, that's two different looks. So he will wear the robe, you know, usually for, I guess, for matches, which we still have not seen Ric Flair wrestle. Nope. But, like, you know, older Ric Flair would come out in, like, full, you know... Suits. It just seems so understated. Yeah. And I don't understand why. So Flair acknowledges that he's overwhelmed that Bischoff is like, all right, you want to, like, get eye to eye? Like, I, you know, kind of respect that. 
Vishal says their feud has affected everyone around them, the company, like yada, their families, yada. yada, yada, yada. And Bischoff says that Flair can't dispute that Bischoff's in control. And Flair says that I acknowledge that even Ted Turner makes some mistakes. And you're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, drop the mic. So Bischoff oh. n- notes that from last week that Flair can't hire or fire anybody. Mm-hmm. But he brings out Barry Windham. Bischoff says that Windham is going to knock Flair on his ass. And Flair talks about tradition. 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 But Bischoff says that he has the power. Bischoff slaps him and Flair goes to attack back. But Wyndham attacks Flair. Yeah, the fucking heel turn of the century. Wyndham holds Flair and Bischoff just stomps him and kicks him. Horsemen come down, but in the middle of them running down to the ring, the New World Order catch them and start beating the shit out of them. (laughs) Which I'm like, how? Yeah, because it was, like, on the ring, and they're like, nope, stopping them before they can get in. Or on the ramp, not on the ring. Somehow, Eric Bischoff knows that Malenko now has a bad knee from this attack and books Dean Malenko versus Bret Hart. Okay, so this this attack is how Dean Malenko hurt his knee? That's what I thought it was implied. I thought there was a match that we skipped that Dean hurt his knee. I think it was this. They didn't even really focus on Dean. Yeah, I'd say they kind of focus on everybody equally, but if it's giving us Dean Malenko versus Bret Hart, I'm not upset. Fair. We get our second match of the night. We get Conan versus Booker T. So I kind of, I, this is the first time I noticed, I think he was still wearing these pants last time, but I like the fire pants on Booker T. Oh yeah, they're from, uh, him and his brother were a team called Harlem Heat. I like him. So Conan comes out and cuts his usual Spanglish promo, which I'm pretty sure he cut earlier in the night. Was it the same promo? It might have been. I don't, I don't speak Spanish. I am so saying I don't, I don't mean that in a racist way, but I think I mean that more in a wouldn't shock me if know. the NWO is just cutting the same fucking promo over and over again. I thought it was nice to hear, but strange that Booker T still has the same theme song all these years later. Yeah, I did kind of notice that. There's like not really much variant on it either. There's a little bit of a longer intro. There's more of the yes, yes, yes. No, no. Yeah. Does it slap? It's not memorable enough to me to, like, slap slap, but it, like, it doesn't. It kind of slaps. It's a bop. It's a bop. It's a bop. It doesn't slap. It's a bop. I don't know the difference between these things. It's a bop. You can, like, jam to it. It's a jam. It's a bop. Doesn't slap, though. So this is a pretty standard match. Like, I don't have a lot from this. But Heenan does put Booker T over on commentary saying, like, listen, every, like, every six months, like, this guy's getting better and better. Like, you, like... Basically, you see, like, you can see the improvement any like six months at like a, at a time. Okay, well, that's yeah. nice. He's actually like, getting the yeah. recognition. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty standard match uh, until Booker T hits a scissor kick and mm-hmm. Stevie Ray comes out. Well, no, we missed the one spinner Rooney that I've ever enjoyed. That's, well, that's literally as Stevie oh, Ray is, is walking out. Yeah, because because okay. uh, the scissor kick here is not a finisher. No. Yeah, because Booker misses an elbow drop, and then to get up, he does the spin and Rooney to kind of yeah. Ro- so roll up. he got this. He hit the spin and Rooney to get up. He didn't hit it as a taunt, as like a look at my hand, look at how powerful my hand is. Like no, he just kind of did a spin and stood up. And I was like, that was cool. See, that to, was smooth. That was cool. To me, this this is it's almost even sillier. Like, why don't you just stand up and no, doing this, this elaborate cool. spin? This makes more sense to me than the spin and Rooney or like the taunting spin and Rooney. 
this one I liked. I saw it and I was like, that's what I want the Spin Rooney to be. So Stevie Ray slapjacks Conan, which results in a DQ. Mm-hmm. Stevie then grabs a mic and says that he whooped Conan's ass in three minutes at World War Three, but Booker couldn't do it in ten. Note that <laughs> Bell to DQ, the match had been happening for three and a half minutes. And the match at World War Three was six minutes and 55 seconds, which Stevie Ray won by DQ. I just don't think that Stevie Ray was pay- thought anyone was paying attention. That is fair, because I'm sure if I asked you what was the result of that match, you probably would not have remembered. I also have the memory of goldfish. I need to start doing, like, Sudoku puzzles to get my memory back up and drinking some green tea, but... Yeah, they... I, I don't even remember how this segment ends outside of that. It just kind of does. It is. <laughs> yeah, they, like, they they argue and, you know, like, you're no brother of mine, basically. It's just more like brother brawls. I think you're giving this almost too much credit. I don't think yeah. they even did that. I probably that's what, that's what should have happened. But uh, we get another Mean Gene appearance. Mean will buy God Gene. This time interviewing Bret Hart. And hold on, let me just, I'm going to go back and count. There's so much Gene in this episode. And he's not even done. Oh, yeah. We have one, two, three, four. This is our fifth Mean Gene appearance. And doesn't he come out again later? Uh, Yes. You will see Mean Gene six times on this on this night. It's insane. That's too much Gene. And not one mean woo by God Gene. Well, only one person's gonna do that. I know, but we didn't get but it. But you want Bret Hart? Mean woo by God Gene. But Hart says that he should be US champion. He calls DDP's win cheap. And then he calls DDP cheap and a punk and the people are punks. Yeah. <laughs> it was real like, oh go go you're a heel, I get it. Uh, he wants a rematch, and he notes that Malenko apparently has a bad leg and gives it and gives a little. He's still gonna beat the hell out of him. He gives him a little cheeky evil smile when he says it, like, "Oh, I know exactly what I'm gonna do." You got a bad leg. Ooh. Yeah, Gene. Tell me your knees are weak. Gene then overstates the point, and the promo's over. And I'm like, just cut away. Just yep. he, he made his point. You don't need to, like. You need to see backstage so the wrestler can walk away. Oh, true. Like, I feel like Gene just needs to get the last word. Like, I've been saying this a lot at work, but I'm like, some people just really love the sound of their own voice. And I'm starting to think that Mean Gene is one of those people. I mean, keep in mind, if production was unhappy with what he was doing, he they would tell him to stop. Yeah. No one's telling him to stop. Yeah, you're right. So... Our third match of this that we watched. God, we only we're, watched we're three like, matches. We watched five on this on the show. But our third match is Wrath versus Kevin Nash. And as soon as I think they mentioned this earlier during uh, one of the segments, and I was like, "Oh, so uh, that streak is definitely ending tonight." Yeah. <laughs> so Nash I was wrong Wrath. last episode. I noted that I didn't think it was going to happen on TV. Which it does. Yeah. Or on free TV, you said. Yeah, I think it was going to happen on free TV. But I did think it was going to happen with somebody in the NWO. So you were half right. Yes. Even though I will admit I thought it would have been black and white that ended it. I still have a hard time just like deciphering. There's so many NWO. I realize only three of them are in the wolf pack. But like at that point, what's the point? Yeah, I noted that, I think, for the next episode. That I'm What's like, the point of the Wolfpack? There were more people. Where'd they go? 
to black and white. Do you want to hear fresh from uh, Friday's SmackDown? Do you want to hear one of the stupidest group names? Oh, no. Baron Corbett has a new stable. They are the Knights of the Lone Wolf. I hate Baron Corbin. <laughs> like, I don't even think that he's playing a character. I think he's actually this much of an asshole. So, Wrath says, fuck you to Nash, who responds with a suck it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a big pop. Yeah. People <laughs> just love that in 98. Suck it. Commentary claims that it's a good idea to get Nash in the corner. I'm like, you mean where he gets all of his offense? <laughs> so Wrath pump kicks Nash, and then drop kicks him out of the ring. And I was kind of surprised that he was getting as much offense as he was. Honestly, I liked this match. This match made me kind of like Wrath. He was getting some good hits in, and he was, like, holding his own for a while. Like, he looked good. Yeah. I I know. <laughs> I don't know that he vanishes after this, but uh, okay, it I'm wouldn't scared shock to ask. me. Is he alive? He is alive. Mm. Yes! We got one! His career's dead, though. But he's alive. He didn't overdose or die of head trauma. Great. So Nash We're doing gets, all right. So Nash gets wrath in the corner and hits the, you know, the patented knee lifts and back elbows. The, yeah. the, the Kevin Nash offense. Wrath counters a scoop slam and hits a back suplex. Follows it up with a diving clothesline. Okay. Tony, I don't think it was meant to be a burial, but it's like, oh, I don't know if we can get Kevin Nash up for the uh, the uh, meltdown. Well, Wrath like, is not that big of a guy. Like, he's big, but he's not, like, Kevin Nash big. Yeah, it was just like a... Considering it's not going to happen in this match, I don't know how much of a talking point it needed to be. I think you're just... Inadvertently called the guy weak. I don't think that was a slight as much of a, hey, remember Kevin Nash is large. Don't forget, he's big. So Nash hits a big boot and then drops the straps. <laughs> Which got a huge pop because big sexy Kevin Nash. Hits the jackknife pin. The end. Yeah, kind of a... Streaks over. Yeah, kind of an anticlimactic ending. So this is where I wanted to talk about this. They were saying the undefeated streak... He's lost on WCW television, both as Wrath and as other people. He's on a winning streak. Oh, okay. But they say undefeated streak. That's not the same thing. Goldberg has an undefeated streak. So at this point in Goldberg's career in WCW, he has never been beaten. Correct. Okay. Wrath has lost before, even as Wrath. But, so he's just on a winning streak. But I think he like, had an injury and he came when he came back. Once he came back, he, you know, started, he won a bunch of matches okay. in a row. However, you still lost beforehand. You, once you've lost once, you can't have an undefeated streak. Yeah. I guess that's fair. You could have a winning streak. But no one, again, no one's paying attention to that in 1998. Yeah, it's like under, Undertaker's streak. 1998 did not have the luxury that is Wikipedia. Or if they did, they didn't have it on their phones of like, hey, let me look up the stats. Like, they had to go into the computer room of the house. Yeah, thank you to uh, Profite Database for allowing me to check that. Because oh. I was like, I just looked, I'm like, all right, maybe he didn't lose in 98. Let me see if he lost in 97. Like, the, literally the last last Nitro of, ni of 97, he, he lost, lost. He lost to Meng. Oh, well. Meng is terrifying. Yes. Like, not so, even as a character. Like, shoot, Meng oh, is yeah. terrifying. <laughs> so, what do you think? Is, is Wrath going to... 
do anything as a singles right now? No. No, I think Wrath is done. He had one thing going for him, and that was his, quote, undefeated streak, and now that's over. So what's the point of Wrath? Guess we'll have to find somebody else in the back and uh, get some chronic. (laughs) And then go to WWE and ruin it all in one match. They'll be in WCW for a while as as chronic, though. Okay. Oh, and I told you this um, off the podcast. I felt stupid when I thought about it, talking about how, oh, we, like, trained this guy who has, like, a karate background. Oh, yeah. So, last time... Yeah, he's Adam Bomb. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, you were in WWE. It's basically the same wrestler. I think he is is a a little bit bulkier now. Yeah, it just kind of bummed me out. Because, like, the last time we were watching an episode, and or recording, I think, and they mentioned, this guy has a martial arts background, and I was mad, because I was like, well... I mean, yeah, he, he, granted, he still may, but it's like, he wasn't some he prospect. Wasn't, he wasn't a Steve Blackman. No. I mean, it, well, it also, like, it, he wasn't some prospect you trained at, like, the power plant. It's, this is a guy you signed from WWE, and just gave him a different gimmick. Yeah. So we get Mean Gene for the final time tonight. The sixth time. With Chris Jericho. With the hair. See how state of his fucking hair. This hair. Honey, my baby. Love. What are you... What is you doing? Is you okay? <laughs> he didn't really explain it either. No. He just kind of like came up and his hair was just like standing straight up. Like, not in a floof. Not in like a little ponytail. Just like just, just, combed your hair just straight be- up. Bedhead. <laughs> I was like, honey, you're so cute. What are you doing? Nothing really special from Jericho here. He uh, he says that he's everyone's role model because he's better than everybody. Of course. So they should look up to him. Of course. That makes sense. Uh, he also notes that he hates cowboys since Stu Hart made him be one. Yeah. Which, I don't know how I felt about it. Like, just weird kind of kayfabe breaking stuff like that. I'm like, it's not totally necessary. No, I guess it wasn't necessary, there is, but it's... There is a way to do kayfabe breaks and... I mean, this one wasn't egregious by any any state. No, but. I think that this is definitely passable. Yeah. Like, Apparently, he's still feuding with Bobby Duncan Jr. Yep. Because Bobby Duncan comes out and brings out Ralphus and hog ties him. Well, before the hog tie, um, Mean Gene's asking him about you know Bobby Duncan, and no. Jericho's like calling him Bobby Duncan, and Mean Gene's like, no, Duncan, and he's like, Duncan, like he like <laughs> yeah. made a point of because, saying it because, you know it's because jericho is physically incapable of saying someone's name right i think it's listen gene mean <laughs> uh, it just made me giggle it yeah. was funny so but we, then uh, the hog tie <laughs> yeah so ralphus gets hogtied and jericho is trying to get him out when they come back from commercial um <laughs> scott hall comes by we mentioned this earlier kind of walks by him like kind of gives him a like a what a geek kind of look and it's like a yeah Okay. That was strange. Like they could have done that differently. So like for I don't, context, I don't think it's a coincidence that Kevin Nash, who may be booking the show, shits on Jericho. You know, I don't call okay. him, call him Wolfpackaholics. And then Jericho looks like a chump about a guy who I don't know if he faces again. Uh-huh. And you know, look continues to look worse and worse. I just really liked the detail of like we left for commercial when Jericho was trying yes. to untie. Ralphus, and they come back from commercial, and he's still trying to untie Ralphus. He's like in the way. Like I thought that was a good detail. Oh yeah, but a bit of continuity. Yeah, I was expecting. Kev- I was right. I was expecting Scott Hall to kind of say something or like stop and be like, "What the fuck are you doing in the way?" But he just kind of like shrugged him off, like Ugh, you. I I do like sometimes when people just like just shit. Other storylines are going on, and people are just like that's fucking weird. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. 
Anyway. It wouldn't have been out of character, though, for Scott Hall to, like, come up to them and be like, get the fuck out of my way. This is my ram. Get out. Yeah, he's currently trying to be a face. Is he? Yeah. Scott Hall is doing a face. He, the NWO turned on him, so he is a face. He's not a face. He is. I don't want to tell you that. He is being positioned Some as a face. Some people just aren't faces. He's being positioned as a face. Just because you don't think he should be a face doesn't mean he's not a face. I have a hard time deciphering who is heel and who is face because of shit like this. Because Scott Hall is not acting like a face. He's acting like an asshole. And I don't think assholes are faces. We're moving on. Because next up, we have Bret Hart versus Dean Malenko, which I was worried because we saw there was only 20 minutes left in the uh, the timeline mm. on, on the network. And I'm like, oh, no, don't. don't oh, because it was this be... one and there was another match, wasn't there? Yes, because after this is Goldberg versus the Giant for the world yes. title. But... Yeah, so 20 minutes left in the show and there are two big matches left. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm oh, like, no, 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 no. I want, I want to see this match because I, I kept expecting it to end early and it didn't. No, they they gave it some time. Oh yeah, like there's a commercial break. I think there's only one. There might have been two in the middle of the match. Yeah, yeah. But both come out. Dean comes out to the four horsemen theme, which which doesn't slap, but it grooves. It grooves. It grooves. Brett works over the knee immediately. No shit. Like yeah. of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dean fights back and tries for like an odd like technical pin. I don't really know what he was going for, but Brett ends up getting getting the ropes. Hmm. Look, yeah, he's trying to, like, hook both legs. I was really kind of confused about what he was going for and just ended with them going to the ropes. And I'm like, okay, just reset. Yeah, just, I think he was maybe trying for something else and it just didn't take. And they're just like, no, never mind, move on. Back from commercial, we kind of see the general story of this match is uh, Dean finally getting some substantial offense, but every move is kind of hurting his knee more, Mm -hmm. more and more. Good for Dean, though. Like, really selling his leg yes. like through the entire match it's like he's got a limp he's hurting it's not just when he gets hit oh yeah by the way his knees hurt like he did good brett goes for a different version of an elbow drop from brett's rope and misses because normally he kind of drops it i'm gonna have to do this visually like this and he kind of drop like, like like almost like lands on, on his knees kind of going forward oh okay here he like he didn't have taken a back bump when he missed it was like a yeah. weird like more like Shawn michaels like elbow kind of dropping like, oh it's an odd choice, but he missed. So, like, so I, I guess know. it was fine. I, I guess that's why he did that. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think about that. Brett hits a back suplex to escape from a uh, from a sleeper that Dean has on him. But once they land, Dean still holds on to the sleeper. I thought that yeah, was a really cool spot. yeah, yeah. And right around here, both of us were looked at each other because there's a large "Show Your Tits" chant. Who was that possibly directed Some, at? Somebody in the crowd. At the crowd. Somebody, yeah. Oh. Because clearly some hot chick, and they're like, oh, show your tits. I love that ever wrestling fans. You actually, know, no. Actually, it worked once in WWE. I'm pretty sure she was a plant. It works at Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Like, if you're in a parade, or if you're on, like, Bourbon Street, and it's midnight, and everybody's drunk. Like, yeah, girls are going to show their tits. Like, yeah, that's tri- not wrestling. <laughs> yeah, no, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were like, this one hot chick in the front row was like, pull your tits out, and she does. Oh, that's cool. I'm pretty sure she's a plant. That's cool. <laughs> it's it's fine if the girl's cool with it, but if a guy is just like, show your tits, show your tits, like, that's not cool. But if a girl's like, hey, you want to see my boobs? Like, that's great. You go, girl. Show us your boobs. <laughs> so Brett goes back on offense and just continues to work over the knee. Dean manages to hit an insiguri, but the crowd is 
dead for some reason. I'm like, fuck them. Yeah. I guess, I guess she didn't show her she tits. She didn't show her tits. So the, the crowd was like, ah, I guess we got to watch the match. I had a bad experience during a Dean Malenko Bret Hart match. <laughs> this chick didn't show her tits. Who won? I don't know. Not me. Not me that night. Not me. Dean manages to get back on offense and slaps on the Texas Cloverleaf, but Brett gets to the ropes, which is a move I try to slap on you sometimes. Oh, yeah. We never really do it right. No. The Cloverleaf, I kind of get better than the sharpshooter. Yeah, you do not get the sharpshooter right ever. <laughs> Dean goes for it again, but Brett counters and they kind of they stumble to the outside, which looked a little sloppy, but I think it was intentionally so because the, the commentators note that Brett lands on D- Dean's knee. Dean's knees? Brett goes for the chair on the outside, but Dean manages to counter. Dean tosses the chair in the ring, and while the ref wrestles it from Brett, Dean manages to hit a missile dropkick from the top rope. Mm. Dean goes to leapfrog Brett after tossing him into the ropes, but manages to clip his leg on Brett when he goes under. So Brett goes to slam Dean's leg into the post and does it twice, Mm -hmm. and I think both of us were like, Both of us were like, oh, that hurts. Well, no, I, I thought he was going for the figure four. A, a, oh, a that pose. Like, that's why I was like, oh, <gasps> it didn't do it. I mean, oh, uh, he then hits a diamond cutter onto the chair for a DQ. Yeah. Which was like, okay, okay. A choice. choice. Yeah. A choice. So Dean wins by DQ, but Brett just keeps attacking him until DDP comes out and fights him. Yeah. Off. He comes through the cl- th- comes. He comes through the crowd, which I know is like his thing. But every time it happens, like, oh shit, there's DDP coming through the crowd. DDP goes for a diamond cutter, but Brett is just like all tangled up in the ropes like you're not hitting that move <laughs> Brett goes to bail but DDP grabs a mic and challenges Hart to fight him Hart kind of considers and then ends up going to the back DDP says the rematch will happen next week yes I thought it was a good match I was glad I, did too. I, was, I glad, it was glad they gave it gave it the time yeah it deserved the time yeah it was good it didn't feel like it was dragging at any point like Dean Malenko's a good wrestler that like kind of gets like Hidden in the shadows of the horsemen, especially when they come to WWE. Like, you don't really see Dean on his own a lot. Yeah. And when the horsemen break up, like, where the hell does Dean go? I think the radicals there. That's two different, mm. two different oh, groups. Oh, radicals. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But, you know, because, yeah, he currently is slightly buried in the horsemen. It seems like he he's, is. Yeah, because it seems like he's newer in the horsemen, too, based on stuff from the next episode. Yeah. I was a little sad to see the DQ finish, especially with Dean having a bad knee. I feel like you could have. You could have had him lose and he wouldn't have lost too much steam, but no. this says something that they don't want to have him tap out or get pinned. So I thought it was still good, even if, if it, yeah. even with a DQ no, finish. So our main event for the first of two Nitros is Goldberg versus the Giant. Which I'd like to note has six minutes for intros and the match. Yeah, because when we come back from commercial, Giant's already in the ring, Michael Buffer's there. They rush through Michael Buffer's stuff. Yeah. And, like, when we cut to the backstage for Goldberg's entrance, he's not in the locker room. He's, like, out Yeah, he's already walking. He's he's like, come on, we gotta go. Like, we got things to do. While while he's coming out, Bobby Heenan notes that this isn't music you dance to. Don't test me. I know. I want to to see that play at a club now. Fuck yeah. Oh, remember clubs. Or a dubstep remix of Goldberg's theme. Yeah, I could absolutely dance to Goldberg's theme. They also know that they're already overtime. Yeah, like yeah. when this match starts, yeah. like we're so overtime. Yeah, they're in the overrun already. But, Goldberg... but fucking Gene Mean had how many segments? And we're overtime! 
he's the producer. But Goldberg, he really is just a, a huge fucking star here. Oh yeah. Like like I, I can't I can't say that enough that he is he is over. Yes. And but for a reason. Like, and, he, he's... and he's over in like wrestling terms, not hashtag Goldberg is over party. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Buffer's here for some reason. And he's they, like zooming through. They do put him through through the TV speakers. Yes, they do. Because he's getting how much money for every Let's Get Ready to Rumble? Too much. Yeah. Too so much. they got to give him the time if they're paying him. They also note that Goldberg is 162-0, and 0, which is higher than the number from the other week, which is like 140, 150 It's got to be inflated. Unless they're doing like 20 house shows? I mean, it's been a couple weeks. I guess. But still. Um, yeah, I'm guessing it's house shows and dark matches, I would, I would assume. Still. Also, they definitely were inflating it at various points, so I, I don't... Don't no, deny it. Yeah, no one... I don't think anyone's been able to actually discern the real number again you have the luxury of not having twitter and wikipedia in the hands of every person in that arena at the time so you can say any number you want they're like oh okay they try that and we'll get there eventually but they try that (laughs) this is gonna be quick but i'm like i'm fine with it this goldberg and the giant doesn't need to be a a 20 minute match but the amount of the cram into this match like my eyes glazed over i was like there's so much happening yeah uh Giant drops the strap early and hits a choke slam almost immediately. Goldberg kicks out and the giant uh, chops him, but it only mm-hmm. fires Goldberg up. Yeah. Goldberg spears him, hits a jackhammer, and a pin. I did find it interesting. They're like, I don't know if he can get him up for the jackhammer. He's done it a handful of times. Yeah. I feel like they say that every time, too. They're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, that will continue yeah. with uh, John Cena. Because he'll fight the big show a million times in his career, and it's like... Oh, I don't know if you can get him up. These men bench a lot of weight. Well, keep in mind, that is a legitimately a, a lot of fucking weight. I mean, to sure do. it is, but, like, these men are strong. Yeah. I, I've seen Wade Barrett try to hit his finisher on Big Show, mm-hmm. which is literally just getting him up on the shoulders and then, like, dropping him forward. And, oh, man, it looks like a baby giraffe trying to walk for the first time. Oh, <laughs> oh Wade Barrett. Bigelow is, like, in the ring as the bell oh, is sounding. Oh, yeah, and then Bam and, Bam comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and, like... and attacks Goldberg. And then Nash walks out, tits what, out. Tits out. Like, straps are down, he is ready. This is what I mean by there's just so much happening. Like, there's the entrance, and then there's the match, and then there's the pin, and then there's Bam Bam, and then there's Kevin. And I'm like... That's, <laughs> that must have been who they were chanting it at. Kevin Nash, show your tits. I don't think so. Yeah. Big sexy. I don't think so. I don't want Big Sexy to show their tits. He's not Big Sexy. <laughs> so they they kind of have a pull apart brawl, and that's the end of the episode. Not a bad episode. I mean, no, there's it a was... lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, of the of the episodes that we have watched, this is definitely the one that, like hold held my attention the best. But yeah, this last match, like I we watched it, and I just had to, like lean back. I'm like. What is happening? Everything is happening. I can't keep track of what's happening. Yeah. Oh, I think I told you, uh, again, off the podcast, that I, I found the results for the uh, that Tuesday Nitro they mentioned that happened before World War Three, And they're oh, like, yeah. Goldberg's going to wrestle on there and beat Megan in like two minutes. No, nothing of note. Because there's also, I think they, they say uh, after the next episode of Nitro, which is the November 30th, uh, 1998 Nitro. I think they said there's going to be another like one hour yeah, Tuesday. There was Nitro. 
So is that our transition into the November 30th Nitro? Yeah, let's, let's go with it. Let's go. Commentators uh, mentioned that Hulk Hogan retired on The Tonight Show to focus on running for president. Like, oh, we can't run the NWO and the country. So. Okay, it's 1998. The election's not until 2000. You're not worried about running the country yet. Also, you're not going to run the country. You're assuming he even runs for president. He doesn't. I, I remember. So only uh, Tony and Larry this week. No Mike tonight. He's a little under the weather. They hype the contract signing between Goldberg and Kevin Nash mm-hmm. for later. Wanted to ask you, how long do you think Hulk Hogan's retirement lasts? I'm thinking he's back at Starcade. Okay, so you're a little you're a little early. Okay. You're like two weeks early. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not early by much. Well, because at this point we haven't really seen him because he wasn't on World War Three. Yeah, he just vanished. So we haven't seen him. So it would make sense for him to be back at Starcade in my head. But So the NWO black and white arrive in limos mm-hmm. and because they're fancy boys yeah the other half of chronic is suddenly here yeah apparently he's part of nwo yeah brian adams nwo not the um country singer brian adams no different guy and we had a we had a long debate about um whether or not one of the members was horace hogan or scott norton <laughs> we like pulled up google images like it's definitely not scott whatever and I, I think we paused to do so and then we hit play scott Snyder turns to him and goes horse and i'm like, like ah! <laughs> i'm like we could just wait in four seconds but uh the commentators discuss like who's going to be the new leader of the nwl the heir apparent yes no buff bagwell just didn't wasn't with him at all. His mom didn't sign his permission slip. Yeah, no Judy Bagwell, no Rick Steiner either. No, you're right. They just I, it was only Scott. Yeah, I'm wondering huh. if Rick is shoot hurt because it seemed uh. like it seemed something he was doing much at at that angle at World War Three. It was either good selling or he actually has like a shoulder injury. Um, yeah, Bischoff names Steiner the heir apparent. There's no controversy about who's mm-hmm. running the show. It's never even really a question. Like, nope, it's Scott. Yeah. Scott Steiner asked for a moment of silence for Hulk Hogan. He didn't die. Why would you need an, a moment of silence? He's not dead. Uh, for his career. It's like. He's not retired. What are you talking about? He, he said he retired. What do you say he, he was going to retire if he didn't retire? Yes. <laughs> On a related note, we've talked about uh, how you'd hate fake retirements yeah. in wrestling or any fake retirements retirements that I, don't, I guess you can describe it better than i can when wrestlers say they're gonna retire and like seem kind of sincere about it and then come back three months later like why did we have this whole like you know pomp and circumstance of you retiring if you're coming back in a month like so and on this topic we've talked about terry funk Terry Funk, who I believe his last WWE match was in 2006, unless there's one I'm missing. I heard a number. Do you know when the first time he retired was? Well, it's before the um, McFoley book, because he mentions it in that, that he's retiring for a multiple number of times. Yes, because you think he was coming out of retirement in 97. His apparently first retirement was 1984. (laughs) At what point is he doing it just for comedic value? I don't know how much of it's comedic versus you can mark you can market I'm oh, coming out of retirement. Oh, you can market it, yeah. But how many times can you say I'm coming out of retirement until people are like, you were never retired? 
think they think he's trying to find that out. So Steiner says that Hogan is watching them right now, and Hogan like gave the go ahead, like you're mm-hmm. the new leader of the NWO. I'm like, all right. I wonder, did he say that on Jay Leno? No. No. I don't know. No. Well, because wasn't there kind of a brawl on Jay Leno? Weren't you telling me there was something on like a late night show? That was um, that was before this. That, that that was that was to set up the the match. Oh. The Jay Leno match at um, oh 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 I think that it makes was more like sense. Road Wild or something that makes more sense. Uh, yeah, because Hogan and Bischoff like took over the Night Show. <laughs> oh God, I think it was only for a couple minutes. Like security, still yeah. that's too much. <laughs> that's too many minutes. I was looking at Scott Steiner and how fucking inflated that man is. Is yeah, they should have given him a Bane gimmick, where you have like a you have a different wrestler with the same like facial hair. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he gets all juiced up, and, like, Scott Steiner comes out, and it's That like... would have been good. But <laughs> Although, no. then again, maybe I don't want to have somebody getting all juiced up. <laughs> it's too real. They have that in reality. No, Scott Steiner, like, if you, like, blow in his general direction, he will pop. I think it was somebody on the Ad podcast who said he looks like a, uh, a bag of bowling balls with skin stretched over it. <laughs> <laughs> Something to that effect. Oh, oh, no, 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 I think of cannonballs. Well, there was a point where Scott Snyder was in the ring and he was like showing off his muscles. Yes, and he's like, he says he has the largest arms in the world and the best body. And he said something about having like the highest peaks too, yeah. of like of his muscles. I'm like, that's not natural. Your arm should not look like that. You remember the episode of SpongeBob that's like you need to have muscles on your muscles. That's what he looks like. Yes, you need to have muscles on your eyeballs. Scott Snyder does. He also claims that the NWO are a band of thieves and calls out Scott Hall. Says the NWO are going to bury him and tells him to try to find a partner. Who's it going to be? Well, it's definitely not going to be Kevin Nash because Kevin Nash said that Scott Hall has to come to him. Yeah. It would never. So we get into a match way earlier in this episode. Yeah. Because we start with uh, Conan versus... We also skipped like the whole first hour of the show. Yeah. (laughs) We get Conan versus Chris Jericho. Conan cuts his usual Spanglish promo. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. Again, he just has real basic offense. Like, it's real kind of nothing matches with him. Yeah. Like, nothing he does is, like, super impressive. No. But thankfully, Jericho's back to his regular floof. He's not got the crazy bedhead anymore. Yes. So Jericho, at one point, vaults Conan into the ropes and then hits a triangle dropkick before vaulting himself, like, over the ropes and then tosses Conan into the stairs. It's a nice, like, kind of string. Yeah. It feels like, like, yeah, Conan has, like, really basic matches, but this one, Jericho just felt mean. Like, he was just beating the shit out of this guy. Jericho is a heel. Yeah, but this one was just like, yikes, dude, this is fucking ruthless. We get a cocky pin from Jericho Mm. with the... With the pout. I would say with the, come on, baby. And then, ask him! Yeah, and then gets him in a chin lock and immediately, ask him! Ask him! <laughs> the second he locks in, ask him! Jericho goes up top, and I, I, can you acknowledge that I did correctly call, but I get a flying nothing here. Oh, absolutely. Because Jericho doesn't do top rope moves. No. At least, this... at least while they're on the ground. He'll do a crossbody. Yeah, because Jericho di- just dives to land on his feet, and then Conan sticks his boot up, and it hits Jericho in the face and again it's like a what were you going for he just leaps off the top and doesn't like project himself anywhere he just kind of jumps yeah like it's there's a way to do it to where it looks like oh I saw them move I'm gonna like stop Mm -hmm. what I'm doing this was not it 
Conan hits a pseudo-perfect plex for a pretty good near fall. Yeah. Jericho hits a lion's hall, but Conan kicks out at one? I'm like, okay. I don't know whether that was... That's another thing where I'm like, are you trying to bury the guy? Oh, fair. I mean, we are getting closer. Like, we're still about a year away, but we're getting closer to him leaving the company. Yeah, less than a year, because he's, yeah. he's in in, like, September. Oh, okay. Conan counters a corner head scissors into a nice Alabama slam, and commentary mentions that this is apparently a title match. Yeah, this is where we realize that this is for the TV belt. Yeah, and you know who probably said that? The ring announcer. Would have been nice to have heard it. Like, the ref does... I, I, I went back. The ref does not hold up the belt to, mm-hmm. like, show this is a title match. Yeah. That's that's how you know it's a title match. Yeah. Jericho slaps on the lion tamer, but Conan gets to the ropes because he puts it on about six inches from the ropes. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there. Jericho thinks he's won and celebrates with a belt until Conan hits a face buster onto the belt and wins. Yeah. Now, I guess it's a different setup. What was the finish of the Bret Hart-Dean Malenko match? Okay, yeah, it was a diamond cutter onto the chair. Which resulted in? A DQ. This is a face buster onto a title belt. It should have been a DQ! I missed it! I'm always looking for DQs! Nash and Luger come down to celebrate, and yeah, Conan is your new TV TV belt champion? TV champion? New television champion. Sure. Yeah, it seems weird to say TV champion. Television champ. Yeah. Which I never really know what that belt is. Why is it the television belt? I mean, guess why is anything called anything, but the television one always kind of gave me a weird vibe. I don't know. I guess you can't defend it at house shows. I don't know. Next up, we get a Mean Gene interview with Ric Flair. And Flair notes that he is not going to do his woo by God Gene. Yeah. Instead, he just comes in and goes, Mean Gene. Yeah. He's like, I got to focus. He kind of notes that he's not getting old. He's getting great. Oh, yeah. Or kind of acknowledges that he is. Getting getting... old is one thing. Getting great is another. Yes. He put it in a good way. I'm like, I typed and I went. Yeah, that's not really his point. Yeah. But, which is true, because he still is one of the best wrestlers in the company. Yeah, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He runs through uh, the people who helped build WCW. I didn't find any odd people in that list. It all kind of seemed like the old school kind of people. He notes that he's disappointed at Wyndham, but he's mad at Bischoff. Mm -hmm. Which is fair. He also says that Eric Bischoff is an abuse of power and an asshole. Also accurate. (laughs) I think they said you can bleep me if I if you want, but he's an asshole. He's an asshole. <laughs> they did not bleep it. Flair also says that Bischoff can fire him, but people will ask, why weren't you willing to fight Flair? Mm. And Flair wants to fight. And that's the end of the segment. All right. Not again, not totally necessary, but it's Ric Flair. It's a, you know, he's not going to cut a bad promo. Right. That's a lot of these just like kind of unnecessary segments. This one borders on being unnecessary because we have uh, Scott Hall coming out to no music and an Outsiders shirt. Yes. He says he'll fight the NWO one-on-one because he doesn't really have any friends right now. <laughs> Kevin Nash comes out and gives Hall a wave with a dumbass smile on his face for uh, giving the crowd a hey-yo of his own. Hey-yo. Nash says he'll be Hall's partner, or as he puts it, he'll be his Huckleberry. <laughs> But again, in the last episode, Kevin Nash was like, I don't trust the guy. And if he wants to be my friend, he's got to come to me. Kevin Nash is coming to him. Yep. Huh? I don't know. I mean, Hall did seem real pathetic coming out. 
It did seem yeah. real all shucks Charlie Brown kind of. But it's also uh, Scott Hall. I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for the guy. He's got no friends. I don't care. He's a dick. So I have not been keeping track of Mean Gene on the show, though maybe we should, because I think this is, this is only a second time. I think he's more in check for this one. Yeah, I think only two for Mean Gene on the show. Good. Because we have him interviewing Bret Hart. And they note that it was one year ago, on the day of this Nitro, that Hart debuted in WCW. Oh. Which means the screw job is right around this time. Yeah. Because he, he didn't come, like, the next night. I think yeah. he showed up on he showed up on pay-per-view, I guess, considering it's this is Monday. It would have been, had to have been Sunday. And I noted... I actually noted it during the the, the Malenko match, but it's one year removed, and they have done massive damage to his star power. Yeah. He was, you know... You could make a case for him being the biggest star in WWE when he left. And is he in, in the top three here? I don't know if he's top three, but I'd say he's, like, top five. Yeah, it just... He it, 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 it doesn't seem... Like his biggest star, and that's probably having to do with how he came in. Because do you know what the first thing he did? Like his first like major thing he did, hmm. he was a ref. Really? Oh yeah. wait, he like in WCW. You told me this. Yes, yeah. he was a special guest ref for it was uh, Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zbyszko. Okay. And then he had a weird moment at the end of the main event of Starcade, which I don't want to give away because we will we will watch likely watch at some point. I have a list of bonus episodes to do. I don't know when we'll get to them, but uh, <laughs> I just know WrestleMania 17 will not be one of them. That will be the last episode. That's the last episode? I mean, Nitro dies. WrestleMania dies the like the last Nitro before WrestleMania 17. Fair. So it makes sense. to Yeah? Though I do plan on doing um, WrestleMania 15. Okay. When we, when we get to it in our timeline, which is actually only a couple uh, months from this point damn figure we'll, we'll take a little peek in to we'll do some WWE. bonus episodes yeah we will peek into wwe occasionally yeah i'm gonna try not do it too much but uh our first one will be sooner than you think mm-hmm. in the promo brett claims that ddp is trying to get people to end his career which i thought was <laughs> i'm torn whether or not i like heel bret hart here or if he's going so ridiculous that it doesn't work <laughs> You know, it's like a weird he's, line. He's on that line, yeah. He does it well. I think that's why it works. With like, I'm sure D- DDP is trying to get people to take you out. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> he claims he has a groin injury. And in what may be my favorite line in the podcast, none of you people got groins. <laughs> what? <laughs> what were you going for there, Brett? I think it was like none of you have you know like balls or like you know have an injury like this. Or... No, I think he's saying like you know like you have no like none of you have like have balls like none of you are tough. Oh, that's oh, that what he's going sense. for. But, but none of you none got of you groins. groins. <laughs> like no, Brett. Everyone in the room, include like women, men, everyone in between, has a groin. <laughs> yeah, and he claims he can't fight tonight, and he does the. Uh, we saw this a few weeks ago with Lex as well, where it's like, oh, the doctors say I can't fight. Yeah. He's like, I got doctors in the back. They tell me I, I want to fight, but I can't. The doctors. DDP comes out through the crowd and he really does love the phrase hit scum. Just yes, very scum in general. He kind of, that's his like go-to. He's like Brett, the hit scum heart. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, that doesn't hit the it same way you think it does. It doesn't like roll off the tongue. No. 
So GDP wonders what's really going on. Brett says the doctors say he can't go, and DDP just you're a liar. Like I think they, you're a damn liar. Yeah, they, I'm glad somebody says it. Good. And Gene asks, he's like, "All right, are, are we gonna have a match or not?" And Hart says he'll do it if it is a no DQ match. DDP agrees, and, and the commentators do point out like, "But you couldn't wrestle, but now it's a DQ match, you can." Right. Like they point out the hypocrisy, but he's a heel, so I'm fine with the hypocrisy. So next up, we get Eddie Guerrero versus Kidman for the Cruiserweight title. Ooh. They really can't decide whether or not he's Kidman or Billy Kidman. I feel like here he's Billy Kidman, but then when he goes to WWE, he's Kidman. No, I'm saying even in WCW, like they'll say Billy Kidman, but then the car, like his nameplate will come up and it'll just say Kidman. Oh. And I think I he's Billy. I, I think he's pretty sure he's Billy Kidman in WWE for his worth. Oh, really? Well, yeah. what do I know? <laughs> So Eddie counters a vault to the outside and tosses Kidman into the steps and then drop kicks sets into Kidman's knee, which is kind of between the steps and the ring post. Mm. Innovative kind of spot there. Yeah. Eddie has some big fucking heat. He like poses and he gets a Oh, I know. It's a huge boo. There's an Eddie sucks chant that picks up steam and then it just They immediately cut the mics. And I'm just like, yeah, odd, odd crowd noise. I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, I don't really know why they're editing that. Because, like, don't you kind of want the the heat and, like, the audience participation? You would assume, but uh, sometimes it's, I don't want certain guys to get over. What's wrong with Eddie getting over? They're, They're trying to push Eddie over. Yeah, it's all relative. I know Bischoff doesn't really like Eddie. Well, Bischoff needs to realize that he's kind of one of the big stars, so... When they come back from commercial, Eddie is slamming Kidman's arm into the ring post. Which is what he was doing before the commercial. Yes. It's just all arm. Eddie hits a brain buster and goes up top, but Kidman counters for a Hurricane Rana, but then Eddie holds onto the ropes and Kidman crashes the mat. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, uncharacteristically, goes for a powerbomb. Never guess what happens. I couldn't think of it. What could possibly happen? Kidman counters it and hits a face buster. No. You're now six for seven, by no, the way. No, that can't be right. Kidman doing a face buster? <laughs> could never. And he counters a spine buster into a DDT and goes for a, a frog splash. But it gets countered again, but this time into a superplex. I think this is when I noticed that I'm like, this usually one superplex per, yeah. per these matches. Maybe it's a Kidman thing. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. I haven't paid enough attention. Maybe you've only seen one Cruiserweight match that didn't have Kidman in it. When? Uh, Hoovy and Disco Oh, Disco Inferno. Inferno. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Disco's currently on Thunder, if you're wondering where he is. I wasn't wondering, but now that you say it, I haven't. I realize I haven't seen him in a minute. So We get a ref bump while Kidman sets up a top rope Hurricane Rana. Ray hits a springboard drop kick to Eddie, and Kidman hits a shooting star press on the back of Eddie's knees. But even then, Kidman catches himself, so like there's really no impact. Yeah. He just kind of lands over Eddie's knees. But also, again, you can't control where you hit. Fair, Eddie's but... face down. I don't know if that's for better or worse. but Probably for better, honestly. But yeah, Kidman continues to not know how to fucking hit his own finishing move. Yeah. And every time he goes for a finishing move, you like tense up. You're like, ooh! I recently discovered he does hurt at least one person in WCW. Oh, really? So now I'm just like... Now you're on edge waiting for it. The bell also rings mid-count. I don't know if you caught that. In the middle of like like, the pinning. At like two, the bell rings. The roof keeps counting, but like... Well, yeah, he obviously gets the pin, but oh, shit, I didn't notice that. Yeah. 
And then Ray and Kidman get chased out by the LWO. Again, who would have thunk the LWO come in? Who would have thunk it? So next up, we get Eric Bischoff and Barry Windham coming out. And they're coming out to Bischoff's own theme, which I thought was interesting that he gets his own theme. Oh. I mean, listen to that again, because I knew it wasn't the NWO theme. Yeah, that is Eric Bischoff's theme. Okay. Eric says that he was in Wyoming over the past, uh, I think it was like for Thanksgiving or something. That would make sense. Yeah, because this, this is the, the first map of Thanksgiving. And his friend Levi says that they need another hero. We need a new hero. And Eric says the world needs a hero. He's going to give them another hero. Dean Malenko. When like, oh. I think hero, I think Dean Malenko. It, the whole time he was talking about this, I was just thinking of Lex Luger. Dean comes out in a hot pink polo. <laughs> okay, yeah, I caught that. I was like... Well, this is when you choose to break out the bold colors, Dean. What? <laughs> and alongside him, Arn, Mongo, and Benoit come out, but then Dean sends them to the back. Mm-hmm. Although Arn does note, if you get the chance, smack him in the mouth. <laughs> Which I like. He does not smack him in the mouth, though. Bischoff says that he respects Dean and gives him a chance to be a hero. I'll be your hero, baby. He books Malenko versus Wyndham. If Dean wins, Flair versus Bischoff will happen. Dean agrees. And then once he agrees, Bischoff notes, oh, we're going to have a special guest referee. Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) Dusty Rhodes, take me home. Which I assume felt like a very odd choice to you. It did. Because you don't know that Flair and and Dusty had a famous feud back in the day. Oh, okay. Say the 80s. That might even been the 70s. Yikes. Okay. I've heard the name Dusty Rhodes. Like, I'm familiar with the guy, but I didn't... I thought it was just, like, he's available. Yeah, Dusty comes out in an NWO shirt, and he shakes uh, everyone's hands. But when he goes to shake Dean's hand, Dean's like, nah. Yeah. Dean's a class act. State of his forehead, though. Yeah, you pointed that out. Dusty's forehead is looking rough I thought it was just wrinkles. No, that that is uh, is a wrestler's forehead after years of fucking blading. It looks like New Jack's forehead, if you know... uh, yeah, maybe not quite as bad as New Jack. I know Abdullah Butcher also kind of has that same uh, look, but it's just the look of a man who bladed a bunch and is no longer a wrestler. <laughs> the forehead never really heals the same. No longer has that scar tissue built up. So next up, we're going to talk about the contract signing for Goldberg versus Nash, because there's not much to talk about in this. No. Goldberg apparently is literally getting to the arena then because he gets out of his limo to come here yeah which... so he arrives late but not as late as he has in the past no and goldberg doesn't bring the belt out Mm-mm. i forgot they showed bim and bigelow in the crowd earlier in the night i forget what segment but he's still there and he's heckling goldberg from like the front row and nash brings the wolf pack down with him and they, this is where i'm like yeah it feels lame that the wolf packs three guys yeah once you saw the NWO come down and it's like 30 guys, not 30, but, and then you see the wolf pack and it's three little dudes. And I'm like, this is just sad. So while they're sitting there, Nash just stares down Goldberg and just generally has a dickhead demeanor. Like he's not taking this seriously. It's just very much like a, I can't really do it justice over audio, but it's just He's just kind of doing like the head wiggle. Yeah. And the, head like, wiggles, like eye roll. Yeah. It's just. The voodoo fingers. Is that what we're calling them? I think that I feel like I've heard them referred to like, as that before. I may be wrong, but I'm going to call them voodoo fingers until I'm told otherwise. So they sign it, and once they sign it, Bam Bam rushes the ring and says, "Like, 
it should have been me, and they drag him outside. Or security drives him outside. Mm. And that's kind of it. Yeah, it's really not much of note, honestly. Yeah, this is the contract signing for the biggest match of the year. And, and it's nothing. Yeah. It's forgettable. It like, is, I took it notes and I up an angle it. that doesn't, you know. That doesn't matter. That isn't the match at Starcade. Yeah. So next up, we get uh, Barry Windham versus Dean Malenko. Yeah, which I was excited for. I thought this would be an interesting match. I like Dean Malenko as a wrestler, so I was excited for this match. Yeah. And I don't know anything about Barry Windham. Apparently, I don't either. <laughs> because I was shocked to learn that Barry Windham and Dean Malenko are the same age here. Yeah, you told me that. These men are both, what, 38 at this point? Yes, they are both 38. And Dean or Barry Windham looks like he has lived nine whole lives. Yeah, because when he brought when Flair brought Wyndham out, I went, "Oh, this is like a you know one of the older horsemen." Yeah, like you know, and I'm like, "Oh, it's a buddy of mine." Fucking thirty eight years old. Uh, for reference, Dusty is fifty four and Flair is forty nine. Again, Flair does not look like he's forty nine. Flair perpetually looks like he's sixty five. I would say he looks he looks looks better than Dusty does. Well, yes. Dusty does not look good. Oh, I missed from earlier. Dusty notes that he will be calling this match down the middle. Yes. Which I don't think he... Well, he I guess, kind of, but, you know, not really. Yeah. So, Dusty comes out to the NWO music, because we don't hear that enough. <laughs> Dean comes out to the Four Horsemen music. And Wyndham comes out to Eric Bischoff's theme. Which means none of these men have their own unique theme for oh, this match. Oh, that's kind of sad. So, Wyndham comes out... And is it a Canadian tuxedo if it's a vest or does it have to be a jacket? I think it has to be a jacket. Because he's rocking a denim vest and jeans. And it's the same like shade as well. I think it has to be a jacket. Yeah, this is really a nothing match. It's more of an angle than anything. Um, Wyndham kind of works over Dean. And Dusty is kind of letting him do whatever and stopping Dean from getting offense. Yeah. Until... Wyndham is like stomping Dean in the corner and Dusty DQs him. Yeah, he actually gives him a DQ. However, throughout the match, Dusty kept going to Dean like, you want to give up? Do you want to give up? Like constantly, yeah. like, it's, you want to give up? You want to give up? It's it's trying to set up a swerve. I know. It's yeah. I was impressed, though, that they actually called a DQ. Yeah. I mean, it was a story DQ. I know, but at this I don't point, think he even counted to five. I think he just called, called the DQ. Yeah. So even when they do it, it's like, oh, this is sketchy. Bischoff comes out and fires Dusty. Was he ever hired? Yes, Dusty has been under contract. Okay, I thought he was like a guest referee. So. No, he's but he was in the NWO. Just a matter of okay. I don't know when his last appearance was, but so Dusty's he's fired. around. But yeah, he's Not apparently anymore? he's apparently now fired. The uh, the horsemen come out and the NWO guys bail, but Bischoff versus Flair is now on. And they that's going to be a big match. They note later that... Uh, that's going to be a bloody match. Yeah, we will have to do time to blade. <laughs> but they do mention a later match that WWE Legal Counsel is like, it's going to happen at Starcade. Mm-hmm. Good. Because some reason Legal Counsel is going to book matches. Yeah, suddenly Legal Counsel exists? When have we ever consulted them before? Well, or Bish- since? Bischoff beat them up. Did he? Remember about the uh, Scott Steiner fine? Oh, I when, forgot when about that. Miss Elizabeth came out and said... One word, two words? Yes, I remember this now. No Miss Elizabeth tonight. So next up, we get Scott Steiner and Horace. Did not say Horace Hogan, said Horace. Just Horace, yeah. 
with the ref versus uh, Hall and Nash, I was cracking up to myself during the NWO's entrance here because I think Horace is on screen for a collective 10% of their entrance and it's just <laughs> being in the, the camera just being engulfed by Scott Steiner yeah. and the car is like hiding behind him. I'm not it's even like, sure if that's on purpose. Scott Snyder is just a large man. He takes up the entire frame. I think it's, yeah, I think a little bit was just like, we don't need to shoot Horace. You don't. Just, he, you're like, not it's not a story thing. That is a, uh, you're you know, not going to be part of this. <laughs> but yeah, still no mention of Rick Steiner or Buff Bagwell here. Mm-mm. Hall then comes out to no music again. And this is also where Nash comes out and I'm like, and you are like, oh, I think Kevin Nash is drunk. Yeah, I I was kind of suspecting it during the, the signing. Yeah. And then here, yeah, he definitely seems... They both looked a little wobbly. Yeah. But they're also, that's like their characters. I can't tell. I don't know. I had very low expectations for this tag match. Did they meet your low expectations? Yeah, I guess. Okay. It wasn't terrible. It was better better than I feared. It was kind of... It was fine. Yeah, exactly. It was fine. I really wish I had more to say about it. It's just... I'm always surprised at how big of a pop that Kevin Nash gets. Because I just don't get it, but... He got a huge pop for this. Hall gets the better of Horace and mocks the giant. And I forget when it is. I don't know when. He, oh, it's it's later in the night. The giant ends up doing a Scott Hall taunt. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this? Yeah. It, it's very random that Scott Hall randomly like, does like the, you know, the, the big choke slam. Yeah. Set up. That sort of look. The hand yeah. up. Choke slam. So the NWO. Ref keeps fast counting Hall once uh, Scott tags in and gets the better of him. Hall hits a diving bulldog and the ref just like real slow counts. Mm -hmm. But he actually is counting. Yeah, he is counting. I'll give him that. When Hall goes to bitch the ref, Steiner kind of hits a low blow. It's a weird camera angle. When they cut back, Scott's arm is like there, but it looks like there was no (laughs) impact. It was like a slow motion low blow. Yeah, I'd say DQ, but it's a crooked ref, so... Yeah, that was never going to be a DQ. Hall gets worked over as a, uh, we want Nash chant. Yeah, uh, again, why is... Because I wasn't there in the era, I won't understand why Kevin Nash was so big. Maybe I if get, I was... I don't get it either. Maybe if I was watching in 98, I would have been like, wow, what a hunk, Kevin Nash. He's amazing. He's the best wrestler ever. But I just don't get it. So Nash gets the hot tag, and for whatever reason... The ref's like, nope, no tag. That didn't happen. Yeah. Nash doesn't give a fuck, so he just comes in anyway. Hall hits the outsider's edge on Horace, and the ref is just like, I'm not going to count at all. I'm not even going to slow count. He's like, nope. So Kevin Nash jackknifes him and then leaves, which means he was never technically in the match because the ref said the tag didn't count. Oh, true. I didn't think about that, but that doesn't matter. This is is the WCW. That doesn't matter here. WCW ref comes down and counts the pin while Horace is still down from the outsider's edge. <laughs> like, that that's the state of you. Horace, baby. And no music for Hall when he wins, which Nothing. is weird. Yeah. And yeah, Nash is gone, does not celebrate with Hall. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. Why'd you offer yourself up? For your own words. Commentary then is plugging the main event and is interrupted with a shot of Goldberg running outside to fight Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Will we see Goldberg and Bam Bam Bigelow in a match? I blocked out what we're going to watch for the next episode. There is some stuff with them wrestling. Okay. Um, in addition, there's also a triple threat match of Goldberg, Bigelow, and Nash. Ugh. Why is Nash there? 
But they're just they're building up Bam Bam Bigelow so much as like yeah. this outside force that I want to see him. So they brawl in, in front of a bunch of fans and cars, and they're very careful to not like run into any of the cars <laughs> yeah. and damage any of them. Like those are everybody shoot cars. Yeah, those like, are not prop. We're just cars. gonna generally hold each other and like move around back here. And I really like security comes in to break it up, and I was like, I wasn't really nothing segment. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, Goldberg hit hit hit, hit a spear. And then they go to commercial. That's okay. it. Yeah, they're cool. not. They have killed. They've killed a lot of my intrigue with the, this angle. Like yeah. I, I thought it was pretty hot that, that that first day. It was. And they're just. I think they're dragging it too long. They just keep making Bigelow out to not be that big a deal. Right. Because like, anytime he's tried to do something, he just keeps getting not necessarily beat down, but he's not doing anything. No. He's not beat anybody down for himself. He's not, like, made a good show of himself. Yeah. Like, he's not showing himself as a good wrestler. Yeah, I think, like, sorry, I think he did beat down two people. I think he interrupted, like, like a Chapo Guerrero in some one match. Oh, okay. If he was Mike Enos, maybe I was wrong about that. <laughs> but we'll have to see what they uh, do with that over the next couple Nitros. But he will not be wrestling Goldberg at Starcade. I can tell you that. So, Batman will not be wrestling. Well, he won't be at Starcade wrestling. Yeah, I don't think he wrestled anybody else. Definitely not Goldberg. Well. So let's move on to the main event of the night, which is Bret Hart versus DDP. And Bret Hart started his entrance with only eight minutes left, and we're like, oh. This is also, full disclosure, the match that I thought that I fell asleep during. Turns out I, like, closed my eyes. Because I closed my eyes, and I like when I w- opened back up, something else big was happening. So I'm like, oh, I need to watch this match again. And then I told Nick where I, like, you know, fell and fell out he's like oh no you didn't miss anything yeah <laughs> brett comes out in the same street clothes as earlier uh, ddp comes out and his audio is still a little bit fucked mm-hmm. i still don't know what's up with that yeah i don't have an explanation uh reminder this is a no dq match because early on brett hits a low blow and props to the ref for not being like oh come on you can't do that or like well, they they blatantly said earlier this is a no dq yeah. and i appreciate that because yeah. if not i've been like um hello yeah i think he's also like choking uh ddp in the corner and mm. the ref's just like i can't do it's anything no and i'm like yes yes don't <laughs> fucking break shit up in a no dq match it drives me up a wall i know when people like like oh like rope break and it's like oh babe, you, you have to break the hold why why do i have to it's a no dq what are you gonna do what are you gonna do fire me so DDP tries to hit a uh, figure four on the post and mm. takes a little bit of time trying to get into it. But uh, once he does, the giant suddenly comes down out of nowhere. This is where I like zoned back in. I'm like, oh, God, the giant's interfering. I must have missed a lot. No. <laughs> he comes down and he, uh, he press slams DDP into the ring from the outside. Yeah. He then choke slams DDP. Hart stands him up, and Giant hits another choke slam from the top rope this time. Giant's on the ground, DDP's on the top rope. So okay. it's effectively... I was like, I don't think the Giant got on the yeah, top rope. Yeah, I mean, I guess you might get a little bit more lift, but you're, it's effectively the same thing. Yeah. You're not doing much extra there. Hart locks in the sharpshooter, and the ref drops the arm three times. Uh, new champion again. Brett has the U.S. title back. The quickest match. And, oh, this is where Giant does the Scott Hall taunt. I'm like, yeah, weird. And, yeah, that was a bit of a bummer to end on. Yeah, it could have been a really cool match, but yeah, it was I, just I, I so thought, rushed. I thought this was going to be, like, like their, their blow-off match. Yeah. So. It just felt very rushed. 
yeah, we'll have to see where all this continues to go. Hopefully somewhere good. But that's we it have... for part one of the build to Starcade. We have three episodes in between now and Starcade. Yeah, I'm peeking in on the Thunders. There's still nothing to note. I watched uh, Scott Snyder talk about being the leader of the NWL, and he said, fuck all. <laughs> so, I said, if there's anything important, you'll be, you'll be alerted. And we said that um, Thunder will probably become more of a thing when SmackDown goes head-to-head with it. Yes. Or just generally around uh, when Russo comes in. There's also a point where they start taping it after Nitro as opposed to its own days because Thunder, like, stopped getting a crowd. Mm. So it's easier to get your top guys when, when it's filmed on the same day. Oh, so they're just mooching the crowds? Yeah, I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I mean, yeah, it, Thunder is a separate crowd and it's not, uh, that star quality isn't quite there. No. I, I don't really want to go look, but I probably couldn't tell you the last time Goldberg wrestled on Thunder. But, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. Any, uh, I guess, how was this compared to the last build? Honestly, I'm enjoying this one better so far. I'm wondering if it's because there's not a, I guess you can't spin the wheels as much because World War Three, like, everybody was in it, but they didn't build towards it at all. Mm-hmm. This is like, you need to build towards matches. Yeah, and I think that that's going to benefit. All right, any, uh, any match predictions as of now? Uh, well, there's definitely going to be Ray versus Eddie Guerrero. Or uh, Ray versus the LWO. Yeah, we have uh, something involved in them. We have Bischoff and Flair. Is yeah, that's booked. definitely going to happen. Nash and Goldberg. Yeah. Like, what else do we want that sticks out? <laughs> and yeah, they, I was going to say, man, they're really not building towards anything. The more I'm looking at it, I'm like... Yeah, they're not really building Steiner towards anything that I can think of. Um, not really building the Giant. Something with DDP and Brett and the Giants interfered, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, probably that. Um, I was just thinking of somebody. Jericho. Not really doing anything with Jericho. Huh? They can't keep dragging out the Bobby Duncan stuff. They they have too many guys. Yeah. That's really the issue. Is they signed everybody, and you can't push everybody. Yeah, that will come back to bite them. It, obviously, that's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> so, upcoming schedule. We got episode six will be the build to Starcade part two, in which we'll be doing the next three Nitros. Then, obviously, Starcade 98 will be episode number seven. After that, we're actually going to do the matches in between Starcade, and I believe it's sold out, as each of them are going to have their own episode, because we're going to do a little something special with the June 4th Nitro. We'll get the, we'll uh, talk about that more as we get closer. And then we're going to go back to the builds for a little while. We will eventually do the weekly Nitros and then mm-hmm. even more eventually do the weekly Thunders. But... Eventually. <laughs> what do you think? Can we get just one more episode this year or can we get Starcade this year too? Before the end of the year. We'll see what we can do. Okay. I wanted to get the June 4th one in time for June 4th, and then I kind of looked at the calendar and went... I think we'll be good. <laughs> June... Uh, January. I keep saying June. Yeah, you've said June. I'm like, I don't think we need to rush on the June episode. <laughs> January 4th. I say June for every single one yeah, of those. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did this the night, too. I should have caught you. January 4th. <laughs> yes, the January 4th night show. We're not going to skip ahead to June. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> my not being able to know the months on the calendar. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I'm hopeful that the next three episodes of Nitro are this kind of pace. 
Like, I enjoy these well, episodes. Well, considering we're squeezing three, you know. I'm hoping what we watch is quality. Yeah. Content-wise, it's about, about the amount of stuff we're going to watch is about the same. I did it via bookmarks on the uh, WWE Network, and it broke down to about the same. Cool. I like it. All right. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. Other than that, you can follow us on Twitter, at ButtsInThePod. I'm taking that over. I'm sorry if she, I tweet yeah. about Sasha Banks a lot. I have to delete some of those because we're getting some recommendations of like, oh my god, did they kiss? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, the weird stuff's going to start coming out. Stay the women's wrestling. Anyway. We're still on Spotify. Just subscribe to us there. And I, got, I don't have anything else. I That's think, all I got. I think until next time, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts and Seats podcast.